0: Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise Say not in thine heart, who shall descend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend to the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. Now there's a contrast between the way of law and there's a contrast between that and the way of faith more specifically the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of faith now when you read verse number 5 it's an interesting verse Moses described it, the righteousness which is of the law that the man which doeth those things shall live by them why, why, would, why would God say you can live by doing things of the law let's try to answer that question this morning you read that verse, there's some, there's some tricky things in here if we don't, if we don't rightly divide it out. Um, I ask you to turn to Galatians 3. Why don't we do that right now so we can get right into our cross-reference. Galatians chapter number 3, look at verse 21. Because in Galatians we see, the Bible says, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if, that's a pretty big word, two letters, big word, there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now we don't have a contradiction in Galatians 3 compared to Romans chapter 10. We have some different thoughts that we need to meet out. So we see Galatians 3, the law never had power to give anybody life, righteousness from God before God. It never had the power to give anybody eternal life. Matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 3, we looked at this last week, The law is referred to the ministration of death, right? Not life. Look at Galatians 3. Look at verse 12. And the law is not of what? Faith. It's not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. Interesting verse. Verse 22 Let's read that one. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise, here it is, by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe, not that do, that believe, right? We know that God's imputed righteousness isn't something we can do to get it. It's imputed to us, accounted, counted to our account the moment we believe, 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 believe. Look at verse 23, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, that's what the law does, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed, the law shuts up under the faith, it condemns you, it shuts you in, it's designed for you and I, for us, for anyone to look and live, Right? We all know that. It's shut up unto faith is what the Bible says. And then we all know verse 24. Let's look at it together. The law was our schoolmaster designed to do what? Bring us (coughs) unto Christ. Why? That we might be justified by doing, by law keeping? No, by faith. We might be justified by faith. So we understand that. The law never had the power to give anybody life. Galatians 3 lays that out. Now I do want to look at Psalms 51 and David as an example. So if you could turn to Psalms 51. We're not going to read the entire chapter, but I want to point out some key words. Verse, uh, Watch what David cries out in the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Watch. Have mercy upon me. O oh God, blot out my transgressions, verse 1. Look at verse 2. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Look at verse number 3 at the end. My sin is ever before me. Verse number 5. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. David couldn't gain any hope from any law. Psalms 51 is a beautiful uh, psalm that describes just that. Look at verse number seven. Purge me. Uh, Wash me, it says. Look at verse eight. "Uh, Make me to hear joy and gladness. Verse number nine. Blot out all all mine iniquities. Verse 10. Create in me a clean heart. Verse 11, cast me not away. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Verse number 13, then will I teach transgressors thy ways and teach, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. You know what David's doing in this psalm? He is desperately crying out to God. because he knows nothing that he could have done could make him clean. Verse 14, deliver me. And we get down to verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou well not despise. Nothing in here about David list of all his accomplishments on his law to do list <laughs> it's him crying out to god that law was his was his schoolmaster that was his youth leader if you would that what showed him his need to cry out to god and that law drove him to cast himself upon what the mercy of god amen Go back to Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. Look at verse number 5. For Moses describeth righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. You see that? The man which doeth these things... The point is that no man can do all of the things described in Moses' law. Nobody kept all of the law. And in case we found a man that did keep all of the law, he would have accomplished the righteousness of the law. That's in the Bible. That's in Romans 10. The righteousness which is of the law. If we could find a man that could do that, Guess whose righteousness it would be? It would be His own righteousness. It would not be God's righteousness. <laughs> does that make sense? It's two entirely and completely different things. Now, Romans 10 is a quote from Leviticus 18. Keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. So what does that mean, that living? When God gave the law through Moses to the nation of Israel, there was an expected obedience that God had for those people. And they belonged to the Lord. And when they obeyed, they lived prosperously in the land. They lived safely in the land. They lived a life of blessings in the land, and that's why it says he shall live in them. That quote from Romans, uh, from Leviticus 18, shows up in Romans chapter number ten. The Old Testament, Leviticus 25, it says ye shall dwell in the land safely. They are safely living, physically in the land. Deuteronomy 4, it's the same idea that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth has nothing to do with eternal life in heaven it's about living prosperously in their land Deuteronomy 5 the same thing that ye may live that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess Deuteronomy 30 thou mayest live and multiply where on the earth and the Lord thy God shall bless thee where in the land. It didn't have anything to do with an eternal home or inheritance in heaven. It had everything to do with safety and prolonging and blessing on the earth in their land. Everybody okay with that? We got that? Why? The same, way, the same reason that you have rules in your house is the same reason God made rules for his nation. Do you want your house defiled with wicked things? You don't want your house defiled with those things. God gave that nation those commandments because He didn't want His land defiled. (laughs) This is how I want you to live. And He didn't want them taking up what? Those abominable customs out of Egypt. He didn't want them doing that. Romans chapter number 10, here's the contrast in verse uh, 6 and 7. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. In contrast, so the Jews, they are zealously devoted to verse 5, the righteousness which is of the law which we read. But in verse number 6, the righteousness which is of faith ends the righteousness which is of the law. Verse number 6, one is of, stay with me church, one is of faith. Verse number 5, righteousness of the law, one is of doing. Verse 5 and verse 6 contrast righteousness of law versus righteousness of Of faith. And we need to get an understanding of that. I believe we do. A Jew would admit that there are two righteousnesses. Paul isn't making the argument that the Jew doesn't get that. They get that. And they get the fact that they're at odds with each other. You've got one, you've got the other. Okay, I understand. They're at odds. They're completely inconsistent. So Paul isn't contrasting just the law and faith, at least here. That's not the contrast. The contrast he is making is the righteousness that proceeds from one against the righteousness that proceeds from the other. That's the contrast that he's making. Go back to Romans 3. Look at verse... 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law, see that, is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, that righteousness of faith is witnessed by those Old Testament Uh, the Old Testament law and prophets, unto all and upon all them that believe. So Paul is taking the words of Moses by way of cross-reference, and he's applying it now to the righteousness which is of faith. It's of faith. Let's go back to the Old Testament. How about we take a trip to Deuteronomy, chapter number 30. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Let's see if we can get some understanding here. When do you receive God's imputed righteousness? When you what? Believe when you believe. Hold that thought because that's going to run through this message and then also this afternoon's message on verses 8, 9, and, and number 10. Deuteronomy 30, Israel's gathered together. Look at verse number 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine Heart, with all thy soul that thou mayest what? Live. You see, heart shows up three times. In the future, God will circumcise the heart of that nation of Israel. He will do that. Look at verse number seven. Bible says, and the Lord thy God will, watch what he'll do, put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. Watch what else the Lord will do. Verse number nine, and the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, and the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy land for good, for the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Verse number 10, watch here with the heart. It says, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep His commandments and His statutes, which are written in this book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. You see that? They're going to turn to the Lord with their heart. Now, don't they get all mixed up in idolatry? Aren't they uh, scattered? Aren't we in a time now of the Gentiles where Israel's now set aside? there's going to come a day where the Bible says all Israel shall be saved. There's going to be a remnant. We're going to talk about that this afternoon. But their hearts are going to be made right. But Romans 10 now is a glimpse Paul going back in the Old Testament to speak of these two kinds of righteousnesses. And hold your spot in Deuteronomy 30 because we're going to flip right back there. So hold there. And hold the thoughts of what we spoke about. Go back to Romans chapter number 10. I want to point something out here. Actually, don't go there quite yet. Sorry. Don't go there quite yet. My mistake. Stay in Deuteronomy 30. It's in the 10th, I want to point it out here in the 10th verse in Deuteronomy chapter number 30. Uh, Because watch this. Watch this distinction. Stay with me. If thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God to keep His commandments, plural, and His statutes, plural, all of those commandments they were told to keep and they would keep them by what? Doing them. Plural. Commandments. Now look at verse number 11. For this command, singular. It's not a plural commandments. It says, For this command which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. This is singular. They are going to turn unto the Lord with all thine heart. The righteousness of the law is seen very clearly in verse number 10. Always doing, keep doing, keep keeping on. Verse number 10. The righteousness of faith shuts out doing. And it goes on to talk about Is it not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Where is Romans 10 taking what it's saying? From this verse, Deuteronomy 30. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Verse number 14. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. In verse number 11, when it says, for this commandment, God is saying, this commandment, it's not hidden from you. Jesus said in John 6, this is the work of God, that ye believe on Him whom He hath sent. Israel's gathered around. Moses was their leader. He was with them for 40 years in the wilderness. He's their mediator who God gave him the law and now his people are gathered together. He's 120 years old. Moses is about to die. And he says in verse 16, look at And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in His ways and to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. And then he's going to go to Moab. He's going to go up on the mountain of Nebo. and He's going to go to the top of Pisgah and then he's going to die. Now the Israelite people, you think about this. They received the law from Moses. He's their leader. God comes down from heaven. He meets Moses in all glory on the top of the mountain. (laughs) Wow! Moses brought the law down to us. And now Moses is going to leave us? What are we going to do? If you were in that situation, can you see how your heart would naturally be reacting that way? Moses is going to... Who's going to ascend? for, Who's going to go up the mountain for us? Who's going to come down? Who's going to... And now their hearts are struggling. And Moses tells them, you don't have to worry about me going up, fellas. He tells them, something very key that we see in Romans 10 in verse 14 of Deuteronomy 30. The answer is the written Word. But the Word is very nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. That nation knew it. That nation could recite it that nation taught their children diligently to memorize it. And Moses tells them, that's what you need in your heart. Your heart. You don't need me. I'm going to go die. You know what you need? You know what I need? His Word hidden in our heart. You've got it in same, uh, plain, simple words. You do not. Nation, we're all gathered together. You don't need another manifestation on Mount Sinai. You don't need that. You need something in your heart. That's the difference. And for us, to make application, for us, our life should be simply this. Subjection to the Word of God. What does the word of God say? Not, I hear there's a big deliverance meeting. Let's go there. I hear there's a big healing crusade. Oh, let's go there. No, the word is nigh thee. You don't need a Mount Sinai manifestation. We need our lives in subjection to the word. That's what we need. That's what we desperately need. Keep your finger in Deuteronomy 30. Let's go back to Romans chapter number 10. Uh, Romans 10, look at verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Now, this sounds familiar, right? We just read it in Deuteronomy 30. Say not, in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. He takes Moses' words out of Deuteronomy chapter 30 and he applies them to the righteousness which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 30, it's who shall go up us to heaven. Who shall go over to the sea? Romans 10. Who shall ascend into heaven? Who shall ascend into the deep? Newsflash. Christ already came down. You don't need another manifestation. Newsflash. Christ already rose from the grave. You don't need another manifestation. What you need is a heart That believes. What you and I need is a heart that is in subjection to the Word of God, not searching for another manifestation. Deuteronomy 30. Go back there and we'll look at the very beginning of Deuteronomy chapter number 30. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come unto thee, verse 1 the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee. Now shall call them to mind among all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee. Now shalt return unto the Lord thy God, now shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart, with all thy soul, that the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from whence will the Lord thy God gather thee? And from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. The Jews right now are scattered. They've despised God and His law. But there is going to come a time where all of their hope in the law will be completely gone for them. And there will come a time when they finally look upon whom they have pierced. They will finally now look with their hearts and trust God and they will wholly cast themselves upon Him and it will be be because of their heart trusting and obeying God. They will come to a place in the future where all of the blessings that God promised them on the land don't matter to them. What's going to matter to them? That remnant, what's going to matter to them is I want to love God with all my heart. I want to obey God with all my heart. And that's when that remnant that's left will get saved. All Israel shall be saved. That remnant, why? Because their hearts now are made right with God. How much more for us? Now, the righteousness which is of the law. Romans 10, verse 5. Is there anything wrong with that? No. Is the law holy? Yeah. Is the law good? Yeah, it is. Okay, it is. We we don't need to argue that. And if somebody could keep it, death would have no claim on them. Do you know anybody who has kept it? (laughs) I surely don't. Oh, wait. One man. The man Christ Jesus. The Lamb of God. The Holy One of Israel. The one who came down and never sinned. The one who came down and lived a perfect life. And he offered himself on Calvary's tree. Oh, that man. The just one. Who death had no claim on him. That's why when He hung on Calvary's tree and He shed His blood, He was put in that tomb, He rose from the grave. He defeated death. None of us could have done that. Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And the perfect sacrifice tasted death for every man and defeated it for you. Because you can't raise yourself from the dead. And like we said in Sunday school, this is why nobody sings, Oh, how I love Buddha. Oh, how I love Hare Krishna. Oh, how I love... Fill in the blank. Why? Because they can't rise from the dead. There's no better place to be than on the winning side. But, to understand this, this righteousness which is of the law. It is for down here on the earth. That would be the triumph. But think about that. Well, I'm just going to try to keep the law. Great. You'll, if you want to be Israel, great. You'll prosper. You'll be blessed. You'll live long days. Oh, wait. I'm going to be trapped here? <laughs> what, it's like, what's, the, what, what's better? What's better? And that's what they got. Earthly blessings. Guess what they didn't get? No title to heaven. Guess what we have? The righteousness which is of the law, the righteousness which is of faith. Of faith. Guess what we have? A title to heaven. In other words, get me out of here. (laughs) Now I know we have work for the Lord to do right now. But guess where Robbie is? He's got a title to the heavenly places. Praise the Lord. You had the righteousness which is of the law. You had no triumph over death in the grave. Because law keeping could not, would not, and won't ever do that for you. It's only by faith. And it's only for those who believe. We never preach a message where it's doeth these things. <laughs> Get in line with the righteousness of the law. No. Get in line with the righteousness of faith. Don't do anything. Cast yourself wholly upon God's mercy and believe on Him. Finally, to wrap up, which by the way, the failure of Israel was they were ignorant of God's righteousness. Talked about that last week. So they sought their own. And if they keep seeking their own to try to achieve the righteousness of the law, they perish. Man's righteousness will sum up with this. It's human. It's by works. Man doeth. You might live longer here on earth, but it's of the law and it's the effort of mankind. God's righteousness, on the other hand, is divine. It's by grace. It's through faith. It's imputed to all who not do. It's imputed to all who believe. Have you believed? It's God's gift to those who receive it. My question finally this morning for you is this. Have you received the righteousness which is of faith? Have you put your full faith and trust in what Christ did for you on Calvary's tree? If you haven't, do that this morning before The blessing of your prolonged days here on earth ends.